Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets, and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Rostradamus Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Palmer, a.k.a. the Rostradamus. we got a special, special guest in the building. we got my main man, Austin Gell. It's been a while since we did this podcast. How you doing? It's been too long, man. I'm happy you called me in for the, the penultimate football weekend. I'm excited to talk Championship Sunday. I think Championship Sunday is the best of the playoffs. Some people say the divisional round. Some people love Super Wild Card Weekend. But Championship Sunday, you are getting... The two best games of the year, in my opinion. And then you get the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl obviously gets into this. But, like, Championship Sunday is a peak football experience. So I'm excited to be Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely peak football experience. I mean, last year wasn't the best. Obviously, Brock Purdy got injured, like, 10 minutes into the game, and we didn't get a game at all. But I think this year, like, we got some great matchups. So let's start with the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers. Do you have any takeaways from their previous games, and, and what do you expect going forward? For me, I love the Detroit Lions Cinderella story. I love Dan Campbell. I think what Ben Johnson has done to fix Jared Goff and make him into a formidable quarterback again since, you know, obviously like 2017 when he was there with Sean McVay, I think it's been super impressive. I think they have a ton of talent. Sam Laporta, Aiden Hutchinson, Jameer Gibbs, Jamison Williams. They have drafted Panay Sewell. They have drafted and retained so much talent over the last three years, all under Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. I think they've done a, a phenomenal job getting to this point. I think they were rightfully favored in the wild card round and in the game yesterday, obviously, but or two days ago. But this game, they're seven-point dogs, and I just don't see a way this defense limits the San Francisco 49ers. I know there has been a lot raving about the Detroit Lions run defense. I think they're top five in efficiency, top six in yards per carry for allowed. But this pass defense 
is one of the worst, if not the worst, in the NFL. Over the first half of the season, they were bottom five. Over the second half of the season, they were 31st in yards per attempt allowed. In the playoffs, they're still allowing 9.3 yards per attempt. This is a, as good as Fatu Melifonwu is, as good as Aiden Hutchinson is, this is a bad pass defense. And going against Kyle Shanahan, even if you limit Christian McCaffrey, which I don't even know this defense is capable of after seeing what happened with Rashad White and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I just don't know if the Detroit Lions defense, even on Ben Johnson, Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, best day, I don't know if this defense has enough to actually get enough stops to win this game. You know what's so interesting for me is because it's like they've been outgamed in pretty much both of their playoff games. And it felt like they should have lost that game against the Rams. And it felt like they had a real chance of losing that game against the Buccaneers. But they had some key sacks earlier in the first half. And then in the second half, it's just the Bucs just couldn't get it done. So, but the thing about this 49ers team, I'm just not, I'm not sure who they are. And the reason I say that is because when you look at their schedule, everything feels so inflated. They've either, I mean, outside of last week, they've either won by 13 or more points or they've lost outright. And that Packers game was the first real football game they've probably played in about a month. You go back and look at their schedule. Obviously, they, they, they benched everybody week 18 against the Rams. They blew out the commanders who were basically playing out the string. And then before that, they got blown out by the Ravens. So is yesterday like was yesterday a fluke? Or was that was that win against the Packers a fluke? And they just needed to be scared into, you know, playing their best football, or is that who they are now? For me, I I think the San Francisco 49ers are that team that almost lost to Jordan Love and the Mm -hmm. Packers, right? I think Brock Purdy is, did you catch the interceptions he threw to his chest or did you not, away from losing games? And that's what he's been all of this season. His turnover-worthy play rate is among the highest in the NFL. Yes, he has the league-leading e-paper dropback. He's been objectively the most efficient quarterback this year, but he has always been, not to the same degree as Jimmy Garoppolo, but a throw it, oh my gosh, I didn't see that guy to your chest die. And th- and you saw that against the Ravens and they just caught him all, right? Like that was one of the worst games he's had in his career, if not the worst game he's had in his career. And it was a lot of those same balls throwing to defenders' hands that were actually caught in that game. There was also a lot of pressure. There was weather, all these different things. And there was even weather. It was wet all day in that Packers 49ers game. I don't think we're going to get that same weather against Detroit. Detroit is catching those one to two turnover-worthy plays away from Brock uh, uh, from Brock Purdy from being in this game and this game not being a seven-point spread. The problem is you just can't bank on it. And then you factor in that it's going to be like putting a knife through butter with these Detroit Lions defense compared to what Joe Barry's Packers were doing over the last stretch of the season. I think the Detroit Lions defense will be the big good question mark here because some would say, and I'm interested in your perspective on this, mm-hmm. is there a book out on Brock Purdy or a blueprint or, you know, I'm not comparing the Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was always like, you got to get pressure on him, all this stuff. Is there something from that Ravens game that teams are picking up on? Because I think the Packers did a phenomenal job of getting pressure on Brock Purdy and forcing those mistakes. They weren't able to capitalize, but they did force those mistakes. Is that something the Lions could, you know, take advantage of? I do think it's something they can take advantage of. I mean, we know they can get pressure with Aiden. Like, with Aiden. I mean, that's a guy who, Aiden Hutchinson, he can get to the quarterback. And if they're able to slow down that run game, because we know, like, when you look at the Lions historically this season, 
They're top five in EPA per play, top five in success rate against the run. And teams are flat out running less against this Lions team. Now, I know Rashad White had a little bit of success this weekend, but if they're just able to just slow down Christian McCaffrey, just, you know, a small amount, then that puts more pressure on Brock Purdy. And we don't know the status of Debo. Like, Debo is, I mean, he's a huge part of the 49ers offense. And I think the thing that intrigues me about this game is that the 49ers run defense isn't the best. Like, I think they're, you know, mm-hmm. 15th in, in DVOA. And we know that Aaron Jones ran the ball. Like, he had 100 yards. So you're, you're talking about a Lions team who can run the ball. I think they can shorten the game and add a little bit more variance to this thing. And if you shorten the game, you have less possessions. I think that's what keeps them in this game. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think the spread is going to matter. I think I think it's either a 49ers blowout or a Lions win outright. I, and, and the way the 49ers blow this team out is something that I think we've seen a hundred times this season, mm-hmm. right? Debo Samuel's healthy, and they're able to march down the football field easy money, five yards a toe, everything's working, and they blow this team out, as they have a ton of teams this year. I think that if the Detroit Lions win, like you said, they're the third-ranked team in pressure percentage on opponent dropbacks. They are able to get to the quarterback. They're the second-ranked team at 52% when they blitz. They can get to Brock Purdy, but they need to be in a game script and in a situation where they can't be two-dimensional. If Christian McCaffrey's busting off 10, 15-yard runs and the run defense isn't what it has to be, or they're able to get ahead and lean on that run game, and the Detroit Lions aren't able to match on their side of the ball, this is that San Francisco 49ers blow that we've seen time and time again. They have to come out and, in, in classic Dan Campbell fashion, mm-hmm. punch them in the mouth, go long TV drive to start. You see like a seven-minute, eight-minute drive where they're wearing on Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, and able to put up seven, and somehow get some early stops. Like I'm talking first-half stops to limit this 49ers team. And that's what we saw against the Packers, right? Yeah. They were 0-30 when trailing by five or more points in the fourth quarter. And then obviously the San Francisco 49ers were able to come back. That Anders Carlson missed field goal helped them a lot in that game. But the Packers played it right, which keeps coming back to like, we saw it against the Ravens. We saw it against the Packers. Could we see it against Detroit, who I think have a worse defense than both the Packers and obviously the Ravens. But can they find a way to put, to a, put together a game plan to affect pretty enough to where you're getting two to three of those turnover-worthy plays, those game-changing plays, and they're actually able to, you know, obviously capitalize. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's possible. And I'm not counting out this Lions team. And this line opened seven. We're down to six and a half in some spots. And I think that's very telling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I look at my own personal model, it actually has the 49ers at around 10-point favorites. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, like it has, I mean... Because what the 49ers have done all year long in terms of just point differential, they blow teams out. So it 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 gives the 49ers a lot of credit. But I'm just not buying that that's who they are right now. And I just think a lot of these NFL games, they take a life of their own. So they they kind of snowball. You look at that Cowboys game where they won 42 to 10, you know, one or two plays go wrong, and the next thing you know, it's a blowout. So I, I just I think this is going to be a closer game than what people think. And I, I just, I'm not ready to count this Lions team out. Like, I just, I think they have a real chance of going in there. A lot of people talk about the the home road splits for Jared Goff, but this is basically a home game for him. And I, the reason I say that is because 
He played at Cal. We know Cal is about, you know, is in Berkeley, 25 minutes away from San Francisco. He played in the NFC West. He's from Nevada, California. Like, this is basically home for him. Like, and it's, it's not, not going to be bad weather next week. You're talking about 64, 70 mile, uh, 64, 70 degree weather next week. No winds. So this is about as perfect of a scenario that you can, you can find for a Jared Goff role start. So I'm actually leaning Lions money line. I have to do some more work. I mean, obviously, the injury to Frank Ragnall is, that's key. Because they, the Lions have to be able to run the ball in order to win this game. So I still want to do some more work on it. I would actually kind of lean towards the under as well. Just because I think both sides want to run the ball. And I know the Lions don't have a great defense. I know their pass defense is, is, I mean, it's really a funnel defense. But if both sides are running the ball heavily, I I think you could see a short game here. Total at 50 and a half. I, I, you know, I've been, it's been interesting because that game that the line did open at seven. And I was like, oh man, how quickly does this get to seven and a half? And to see early betters keep this line, not just at seven, but two, six and a half does make me want to do more work on the lines and not feel like, man, this feels like a blowout. Man, this feels like 49ers are back in the Super Bowl. Um, and maybe, maybe Kyle Shanahan finally gets one. I think the other piece of this, and obviously you brought it up lately it, or, or, or recently, is their injuries. Frank Ragnow. And Jonah Jackson, two interior offensive linemen, got hurt in that game. Jonah Jackson did not return to the game. Frank Ragnow, a monster, was able to return to that game. And I think he does play um, in the NFC Championship as well, no matter how bad that ankle's hurting. And then for the 49ers, with or without Debo's huge. They are a team that does have a lot of talent. George Kittle, Chris McCaffrey, Brian Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, surrounding Brock Purdy. But Debo Samuel is always such a monster part of the early game script and the game plan and also the guy that they go to for manufactured touches when they need to get a bucket. And that, I think, is going to show up big if he's not able to play. The The early reports are he's fine, he's okay, it's the shoulder, but to not return to that game, to immediately go to street clothes after half, I am really interested to see if Debo is actually able to suit up. I think the injuries will be telling of where this line goes. Yeah, I, 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 I totally believe that as well. And it, it's just so funny because I assume this line was going up as well. Like, I, I have a syndicate I work with. They sent me, like, right away. They're like, yeah, jump on San Francisco. And I, I didn't listen to it. I'm like, I'm not touching this game. Like, I mean, I'm not touching San Francisco just because <laughs> I, my gut feel was that the Lions have a real shot. And when I saw this line go down to six and a half, it was, like, very, very telling. And I know the Lions are kind of that popular team. Everybody wants to see them win. They could be a public underdog, but... It's just we've seen Kyle Shanahan get so tight in these close games. And to me, Brock Purdy didn't answer any questions last week. I know he got it done in the end, but he still looks shaky. Oh, 100%. Anyone, you know, I know there was, you know, an athletic reporter, one I really like, who said, you know, he answered all the questions, even made the comparison to Joe Montana. He's not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think anyone who had questions, anyone who had questions about Brock Purdy going into that game has the same questions coming out. Can he avoid those? Again, it's not a lot, right? It's two to three, three to four. Those three to four critical mistakes where, like, if that pick from Darnell Savage is caught, this game might be like that, that might have been a completely different game. Like, he has those plays. He has, it's not in the same, he's not throwing the same interceptions as Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo, like Purdy, had those kind of back breaking picks or back breaking mistakes. The other piece, and we saw it in the rain game, is the accuracy, right? Everyone, 
covets him as this big anticipatory accurate thrower. When it gets a little rainy, those small hands show up, and the ball placement was not there against the Green Bay Packers. He was missing some throws, and also receivers were dropping some passes. But, like, again, I, I'm 100% with you in that. Brock Purdy, if you had questions about him going into that game, you have the same ones coming out. He will carve up. He and Shanahan will carve up bad defense when fully healthy. And then maybe is that that's what we have against Detroit. But Debo Samuel is a big piece of that. And can the Detroit Lions, with that run defense that has been coveted all year, can they actually make this game by delivering points on offense offensively and then holding Chris McCaffrey? Can they deliver a one-dimensional game? Because that, I think, is the path to success. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's let's switch gears. Let's go with Ravens versus Kansas City Chiefs. The Baltimore Ravens are laying three and a half to the Kansas City Chiefs over under 45, 44 and a half now. It was 45 and a half. I like the under. It's come down for a reason. You, you're talking about a Baltimore Ravens team, like one of the best defenses in the league. We know the Kansas City Chiefs defense is like a major problem. And, you know, I said this yesterday, but there's only been four teams which have scored over, you know, 20 points. You're talking about the Eagles. You're talking about the Packers. You're talking about um, the Lions. <laughs> You're talking about the Denver Broncos. And then, obviously, yesterday, the, the Buffalo Bills put up 24. And teams just aren't scoring on this Chiefs defense at all. So, it's, it makes sense that this total has come down. But, you know, what should takeaways from the divisional round and what do you expect going forward? You know, I wasn't surprised by how the Baltimore Ravens handled mm-hmm. the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud. Stroud was on a heater. Mm-hmm. He was playing extremely well. But that Ravens defense is different, like absolutely different. They're one of the best defenses we've had or seen over the last 10, 20 years. And Baltimore, they're co- comparable to the vaunted 2000 Ravens defense. And I think that is going to be the big piece against Mahomes. Can this Baltimore Ravens defense, who I think they're allowing... 0.30 points left for drive in the playoffs against that Texans team really limited them. The only score they had in that game was the punt return. I think, can they limit Patrick Holmes and his chief offense that literally has to funnel targets to Rashi Rice, Travis Kelsey, and that's kind of it. Justin Watson is not making him right in contested catch situations. That throw to Marquez Valdez-Scantling was like a prayer that he caught it. Like he also double caught it. Like this is a very limited offense. It has to be Mahomes. It has to be Pacheco on the ground. And then it's a combination of Kelsey and Rice. And Rice, we saw multiple times in this game banked up. That worries me about the Chiefs. Defensively, you're not going to find many fans bigger of Steve Spagnuolo, Steve Spagnuolo than me. I really do think 
what he did against Buffalo Bills and what he did against Miami Dolphins to limit explosive plays. In the playoffs, they've allowed explosive plays on 5% of defensive snaps. That's the lowest of any team in the playoffs this year. They limit explosive plays against the Dolphins and the Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills. What Spagnuolo is doing to keep playing in front of them and, and tackle in front of them, I think is really impressive. They haven't played Lamar Jackson. Going to be the two-time MVP. He does things to a defense that he breaks rules, right? That's, that's the best way to explain Lamar. He breaks rules for a defense. You have to rush him differently. You have to play him in coverage differently. You have to think about spies. And what Kansas City did to limit Josh Allen as a runner, I thought was impressive specifically in the second half of that game. But still, it is a heavy round or a heavyweight fight to limit Lamar Jackson all day with a spy and limit him as a rusher. So I do like the Baltimore Ravens in this game. I know it's gotten up to three and a half. Do I take them with the hook? I, maybe I have reservations there, but I think they are the rightful favorite, and I do lean Ravens to win this game. So my motto loves the Ravens. Everything says take the Ravens in this game. And you even look at the injuries. The Chiefs, all pro guard, Joe Thune. He's, going, he's, getting, he's getting an MRI today because he suffered a pectoral injury. And that makes things worse for this Chiefs offensive line. Like, everything says take the Ravens. And I don't know if I can do it. Because I just think that there's an intangible when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. And we know, like I said earlier, only four teams, well, five teams now, have scored over 20 points against this Chiefs defense. And you look at all of their second halves, second half has gone under every single game, pretty much. I think it's like, what is it? It has to be like 14 and three at this point in time. Like, so, look, we know that the Ravens are going to be able to run the ball. Like, that's what the Bills had so much success with. But Lamar really struggled against that blitz last week against the Houston Texans. And to me, I just see this as a low-scoring game, and mm-hmm. Lamar's just going to have to make some plays. And, like, this is a side that I, I just I, I kind of don't want to touch because I can't – we know the record with Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. He's like 8-1-1, one, and one, now 9-1-1. One, and one. So you give me the hook with Patrick Mahomes, and a lot of people are going to want to take that. But I just think this – I mean, I think so much of their success offensively last week had to do with the Bills just being banged up. We know they had lost Trey White earlier in the year. We know they lost Matt Milano. We know they lost so many people going into that game. So that Bills defense was kind of like a shell of themselves. And the Chiefs kind of got whatever they wanted. I don't expect them to get whatever they want in this game. The Ravens are the better team. They're probably going to be the sharp side. I mean, I think there were people who, I think this line opened up at three, so you could have got three. So it makes sense, but I'm probably just going to stay away from the side, honestly. It's just because the way, Mahomes, like at this point, fate in Mahomes is like fate in Michael Jordan. And I compared, yes, <laughs> yes. I compared Josh Allen to, to, to Patrick Ewing and, and those Knicks teams, <laughs> but I, I just, I can't do it. So I think the play is probably the under on this one. I'm gonna do some more work on this game, but I, I can't. I can't. I, I just cannot do it. <laughs> I, I, I lean the under as well. I, I do like the under. Looking ahead, I don't know whether seven days ahead is is rarely what it says it is. But Baltimore looks like it's going to be a high of 47, low of 39, 12 to 20 mile an hour winds with some light rain. 
know, not necessarily perfect conditions, but also not like overly incumbent position, uh, um, weather conditions. And then on the, oh, I, you know, I know we say sometimes that this isn't betting advice. This is betting advice. Do not spend your Sundays betting against Mahomes. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. I'll tell you that. It's not fun. Okay. Like sometimes you gotta, you gotta factor in your well being. Okay. If you're sitting there and you're like, I got, I got Ravens minus three and a half. And then you have to root every drop back against a guy who's been to the AFC championship game every year he started. Like, do not touch it. Don't stay away. Bet the under. Bet some props. If you want to have a fun time betting this game, do not bet against Mahomes to keep this game close, let alone outright winning. And I agree with you. Everything screams Ravens. Willie Gay left the game with an injury. Mike Edwards left the game with a concussion. You have the Joe Tooney injury. You have Rasheed Rice banged up on multiple plays in that game. The Ravens, on the other hand, are healthy. The Ravens, on the other hand, have been dominant all season long. They have one of the best defenses we've seen, and they have Lamar Jackson, the two-time, now two-time MVP. I still will say this. I'm not betting against Mahomes. I won't do it. I, I, I won't do it. When I wrote up the Super Bowl predictions for the ringer, I was writing up, you know, I'll let you go Ravens here, Niners, obviously. I was like, you know what? I'm betting the Chiefs to win Super Bowl. <laughs> like, I think, I, I don't know. Like, it's, there's something about Mahomes. There's something about him, even in, again, he played his first road playoff game, one against Buffalo. And we didn't talk enough about the Chiefs, yes, like, were able to do a lot, whatever they wanted against it was, you know, Christian Benford was out, Matt Milano's still out. Like, they had a very bad, banged-up defense. But, man, that game, Sean McDermott gave that game away when he did the fake punt to DeMar Hamlin. Mm. And then Andy Reid, first and goal on the one, gave it right back when he ran the a reverse. Yeah. He ran a reverse on first and goal on the one. Let's just start there. No. Then he ran a reverse to the only guy in the game who fumbled on his last previous snap. That was Andy Reid giving the game back. And then ultimately, obviously, you have the missed field goal in this game, ends up going to the Chiefs. But that was a game I thought the Chiefs had a firm hold on the entire time. And a lot of that is Mahomes, right? Mahomes not making mistakes. Mahomes knowing when to protect the football and when to push the ball downfield. The pass to Marquez Valdez-Cantley, the dot to Travis Kelsey. Like He was and continues to be one of the most impressive playoff quarterbacks, not just regular season, playoff quarterbacks we've seen over the last five years. That said, everything says Ravens. I'm not betting against Mahomes. I think I might sprinkle a little bit on the under mm -hmm. as well, just because I think it could be something the public is on in terms of an over, wanting to root for an over, wanting to root for points with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. That's always something to consider. I wish I already got some at 45 and a half. The fact that it's already down to 44 and a half, I think I'm going to get some today. Yeah, I, I, I think the under is probably the best play for this game. I wouldn't be surprised. I do expect the Ravens to have a lead in this game at some point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people were playing Ravens first half against the Texans last week. They were, I mean, until that game, they were 14 and three in the first half. Obviously, the only reason why the Texans probably covered was the, the punt return. So I think if you play the Ravens, it probably should be first half because I expect that they're going to have a lead at some point. And I think at some point, yeah. the Chiefs are going to figure it out and this will be a closer game. But like, Right now, I have no interest in the side. I really want to see where this market goes. Like, I'm really interested to see if this comes down to a three, if it goes up to a four. Maybe it just stays the same. But I want to see where the sharp money is headed. I want to see where the public is. I mean, I, I imagine the public is going to be all over the Chiefs after last week. Mm -hmm. But no, oh, 100%. With the hook, with the hook, I think the public is on the Chiefs. And if you look at the Baltimore Ravens first half line right now, minus 110 aside, Ravens by two and a half. You can also bet them as the outright winner of the first half, minus 154, all those lines on FanDuel. I do think that you're right. Like, even betting Ravens first quarter, even, 
and, and then to win the first quarter. Right now, the, the line is Ravens minus one and a half at plus one twenty. Maybe that's something that you're betting. Now, first quarter, first quarter bets are always tough because you're kind of depending on who gets the ball first and all that. But I, I do really like the idea of if you are on the Ravens, betting the first quarter, betting the first half, and then letting Mahomes take over. That way, you don't have to bet against Mahomes a full game. Yeah, you, know? you don't want to see. Plus, and you mentioned this earlier, Steve Spagnola, what he's done in the second half in terms of adjustments has been another big part of this too. And I expect that the Ravens are going to have some stuff ready to rock and roll. Todd Monken's going to be on that opening script, probably going to have at least two scoring drives in the first half, maybe three. Not all touchdowns, but I think he has two or three scoring drives in the first half. The second half, it's going to get harder. Spagnuolo does such a good job in the second half repositioning players and repositioning scheme so that you are not getting the same success in the second half. They're one of the better second half defenses in the league. That to me, I think, will be a big factor in this as well. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. So I actually gave out the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, 10-1. to 1. I gave them plus 460 to win the AFC. Would you head the, hedge those bets? Wow. Man, probably. A 10-1, to 1, maybe I'm hedging a little, depending on what I can get. Uh, I really do like, if I'm looking right now, and I know the Niners are favored to win the Super Bowl, I think at like plus 145 right now on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to see a world where the Niners aren't in it. I, it's a seven-point spread. Yeah. Like, even if the Detroit Lions play their best game, I think this is one where it could be a field goal that decides it in San Francisco with the ball last. Then, I think San Francisco versus KC, I like San Francisco. Yeah. If it's San Francisco versus Baltimore, and I know at Baltimore beat the brakes off them in the regular season, Kyle Shanahan's going to have a counterpunch. I don't know if it's enough. I like the Ravens if it is San Francisco versus Baltimore. But against the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback has not been what it needs to be in terms of what they'll need to do against Brock Purdy. They're going to have some send blitzes. They're going to have to do these things. But I worry about the four-man pressure for the Chiefs. Like, it has not been good this year. Like, flat out. Michael Dana, Tano they do not have the talent. I, I think the 49ers have just so many ways of beating this Chiefs team. And like the Chiefs are basically like, look, they have a, a solid defense, but I just Mm-hmm. To me, I just like they beat up on a Miami team who lost everybody. They beat up. I mean, you go back the week before that, they beat up on a Cincinnati Bengals team who they lost everybody, and the, the Bengals were moving the ball at will. And then they yeah. beat up on this Bills team who the entire defense was banged up. So they still have things that they need to show us in this in this game against the Ravens. So. I think it would be a bad matchup for them to take on the, the 49ers. Now, let me switch gears a little bit. We got Super Bowl MVP. Are there any futures that you would take if you're looking at the board right now? Wow. Okay. I, I haven't, I, I'll be honest, I have not looked at the Super Bowl MVP board. Where are we at? What do we have? Okay. Let me I know I threw a curveball at you, but I, 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 I try to do those every now <laughs> let me and see, then. Let me see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, historically, I think we've had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. Hard to bet against mm-hmm. quarterbacks in Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. right? So right now, if you look at the favorites, Lamar Jackson plus 220, Brock Purdy plus 330, Mahomes plus 440, then you have McCaffrey at plus 550, the first non-quarterback, and then Jared Goff plus 1100. A lot of that plus 1100 baked in that he's not going to make it to the Super Bowl. I think Lamar Jackson is the rightful favorite. I don't like betting chalk, though. Mm-hmm. Mahomes at plus 440 feels right. I'll take Mahomes at plus 440 all day. Because that, mm-hmm. I mean, if he wins this game, which I know that he's not a favorite, mm-hmm. but we've talked about how Mahomes is Mahomes. He and he and, and then it's him versus either Brock Purdy or him versus Garrett Goff. I mean, that that might be a 
plus 150 mm. bet. Nate, what would you say that line adjusts to if he's in the Super Bowl going against San Francisco or even going against Detroit? I think that line is he's plus 200 or better. And I think you're going to get some line movement there. So if you are on the Chiefs, I do like backing Mahomes. If I, if I had to sprinkle in a non-quarterback, maybe Travis Kelsey for the script writers. Yeah. Travis Kelsey <laughs> for the script could be the move there. You're going to get some voters. He's having the year of his life. There's been some rumors that he might retire after this year. Maybe the script that he's plus 8,500 and 85 to one bet on Travis Kelsey to win the Super Bowl right now. Maybe you just, you know, drop a couple, drop, drop a couple bones on that mm-hmm. too. So they asked me this yesterday on Ringer Wise Guys. And I said Patrick Mahomes, I think he was like eight to one yesterday, but I also said Chris oh, nice. Jones at like a hundred to one. And actually, I mean, that, that went down. I think it's like two, it's like 260 to one. I like taking defensive players in this spot. Um, we had okay. Von Miller the year he won. I probably would take, Nick Bose at 90 to 1, just because every now and then you get a defensive performance that's just so dominant that it just kind of even overcomes mm-hmm. the quarterback. So I like throwing shots on one of those. So I do think that there's some extra juice on a if you know a, a non-Brock Purdy game. Like if you are big on San Francisco, like maybe sprinkling you have Debo Samuel at 60 to 1. I know he's hurt. You have to factor that in. Brandon Ayuk at 50 to 1. And then you obviously, I think the Nick Bosa bet's a good one if you are betting on defensive player for them. Just because I do think that there's going to be some lean. There's some pretty bias out there among sports voters, you know, or sports writers and people who are voting for this thing. I think they're like, man, they see the system. They see that it's Shanahan. They see that it's the supporting cast. And it's like, I think it's like one two touchdown performance by one of their skill players, right? If it's a CMC two touchdown performance, he has 100 mm-hmm. yards on the ground, they'll lean him. If it's Debo Samuel getting in the end zone twice, regardless of the stat line, I think they lean him. Ayuk the same way. So I, I do kind of like, I'm not normally a non, mm-hmm. you know, non-quarterback better for these, but if you are going to sprinkle it somewhere, the San Francisco 49ers start to make sense. That's, that's a good point. I mean, I mean, you could get Brandon Ayuk at 50 to 1, Kittle at 65 to 1, Debo at 60 yeah. to 1. Shoot, even Christian McCaffrey's like almost 6 to 1. So yeah, I, I think you can get some good prices on those San Francisco scale players. So you definitely think if there's going to be an upset, it's going to be the Chiefs. I got I got one curveball for you that you know you throw me a curveball, let me throw. Okay. It. Have you had any? Have you had any? Um, have you had any thoughts on the Super Bowl national anthem line that's coming out? To just give you some background, it's Reba McIntyre mm-hmm. this year. She I've watched the tape. She's had a 1976 and a 19, or no, I think it was a 1996 national anthem that she sung. She's had a handful sprinkled out throughout the 90s. Mm-hmm. She's consistently an under 92 second singer. She has a short brave, so the brave. She has a short brave, and she usually gets out of there within 92 seconds. Some of them she's had 89s, 88s. I think this line's going to be sharp because there's a lot of tape out there on mm-hmm. Reba. But if this thing touches 90, I swear to God, I am hammering. The under. If Reba McIntyre's national anthem touches 90, I'm going under. I know we've had some overs in the past. Chris Stapleton's a long mm-hmm. one, all that. Country singers normally are these you know, these people that kind of hang it out. But every, I swear, I've watched at least four national anthems that she sang in the 90s. She goes under, and I don't think she changes her stripes in the Super Bowl. But what do you think? Any, any thoughts there? I always tend to lean under on these. So I, I'm glad mm-hmm. you're saying this. Um, I haven't really thought too much <laughs> about it yet. Um, I'm just hoping I can get a leak from somebody. You know, normally some of these things yeah. leak and I hate when they, there's always somebody like Twitter has kind of ruined these. There's always somebody on Twitter who just mm-hmm. records it and shares it with everybody and then makes it so that you can't bet it. So 
hopefully that doesn't happen this year and hopefully it gets leaked to me. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think you're right on by playing under. Yeah, that that's what I've bet in the past as well. Like you're waiting for someone to be outside the stadium and they're practicing kind of in the weeks leading off. And then that's when you're able to sneak in some under bets or sneak in some over bets, depending on what the line is, and then they'll take it down. Right. Like as soon as like the any book starts to see a wave come in on either side, they'll take it down. That means some of the, the info is, is is released. Um harder bet, the Gatorade color. Because we've done we've watched mm. the tape last year and we're like Chiefs used white all all playoffs, blah, 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 and then they shift to purple in the Super Bowl. Like you gotta be careful there. And I think that there's purposefully some 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 changing of the colors mm-hmm. late, depending on I don't know. I don't know if I trust the Gatorade color bet. I think a lot of teams are mixing it up for the Super Bowl, and that is making it harder to watch the previous tape. Reba McIntyre, the variance in what she's gonna do, I think is like five to six seconds. Like honestly, I like watch every single one. She's gonna be coming under 92, I think. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm gonna keep that in mind. We we got two weeks towards the Super Bowl, well, three weeks towards the Super Bowl, and hopefully we can we can pull out some winners. We gotta bring you back. But um, before we go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give out a couple NBA plays. Um, I know you're not a big NBA guy, okay. but I like the Dallas Mavericks plus three. You also take a money line. You look at the Dallas Mavericks. They are well-rested for this game. Meanwhile, you got the Boston Celtics. They are coming in off a of back-to-back and three and four nights. Dallas Mavericks, they haven't played since last Wednesday when they got blown out against the Lakers. 127, 110. I think this is a great spot. They're at home. They're taking on the Boston Celtics. Bad situational angle. So I'm going to take that. You can take that plus three. You can take a money line. I think they cover both. I also like Cleveland Cavaliers, Orlando Magic under 216. You look at both of these teams. And to me, the Magic are really struggling with offensively without France. Like, I, I just think. They're in a bad spot. And you look at the last two weeks, Cleveland Cavaliers are first in defensive rating, 95 points for the possessions. You look at Orlando Magic, we know that they're a top-tier defensive team, fourth in defensive rating. But the last two weeks, they're 27th in offensive rating, 108 points for the possessions. So I like that under. Um, i trying to think. There's a couple more that I do like. I like the Phoenix Suns, Chicago Bulls under 229. That may be on the move. I don't know if you're going to be able to get that by the time you hear this podcast, but I do like that. But I, I think the, the Mavericks are a really strong play. I, I think you take them, you fade that situational angle. That's one of the only situational angles of the night. I also like the Cleveland Cavaliers magic under 216. I'm trying to think there's another one. I think the Atlanta Hawks are going to cover this number. They're catching eight against the Sacramento Kings. I think that, that number is a little bit high. No Trey Young is out for this game. So I, I probably would take the eight, but those are the ones I'm leaning with right now. Mm, trying to think if there's anything else. But yeah, I think everything else is pretty much on the move. So those are the games that I like. I'll take them all. I'll take them all. I was hoping that you dr- you maybe give out Golden State Warriors 50 to 1 to win the uh the the NBA finals, but fine. You know, my team doesn't have to win it this year. It's been it's Oh, you're been a hard, Warriors fan. Hard, hard watching the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Watching the dynasty die this year has been rough. It's been, it's like, uh, they don't, they don't tell you about this when you're growing up as a kid. You know, they, you're like, oh, Santa's real. And then when you get there, you're like, oh, it's not real. And then you got to start buying presents too. Like, this is where so we're all at. Those we years, just found all those out years Santa's you've been suffering <laughs> as a Raiders fan, you've been like getting yes. joy as, um, I, I used to feel bad for suffering you. As a Raiders I, fan. I felt bad for you as a Raiders <laughs> fan. And then I realized, oh, wow, you just 
y'all been winning for so long as a, as a Warriors, like, man. Suffering as a Raiders fan, suffering as an A's fan, but we found a way with the Golden State Warriors, obviously a, a dynastic run, a, a fun time. And, and for me, if I could give out NBA advice, I just don't want to watch Clay Thompson play defense. Oh my God. There's a way we could just move him, send him, send him to another league. I can't do it. Like, yes, he's still got the offensive. I know he's got the dynasty. His press conferences make me upset. I don't want to see him play defense anymore. He can't move. Surround Steph Curry with anyone that has a legitimate, like legitimate legs. And and we'll see where this goes. But I can't watch these guys, these old guys play defense anymore. I'm ready to move on. It's you guys are in a tough position. I think at this point, y'all might need to move on from Kerr. Just because it feels, and, mm. and, and it's not, it's, it's not that Kerr's a bad coach, but I just don't think that he has the, I think he lost the younger guys, guys like Kaminga, who yeah. should be developing. Yeah. It just feels like he just doesn't trust him. And it also feels yeah. like Curry, he wants to play with Clay, he wants to play with Draymond, but those guys are kind of hurting him right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm with you. I think that uh, the Kaminga stuff, the Moses Moody stuff, like a handful of those reports have been like, man, this is not a good look. And uh, part of me is like, okay, so much of the, I think so much of the leadership, and let's call Steph Curry a part of that leadership, Steve Kerr, obviously, it's just hard to let a good thing die. You know, it's very hard. Like, I, you know, it reminds me of, you know, I'm not the, the biggest basketball historian, mm-hmm. but uh, when the Celtics moved off their big three, right? And they moved off and they were like, hey, it's time to like, they're literally like ripping the band aid. I do think that. That's the kind of move that would spark some interest from me. Because, I, you know, I talked to Craig Pearlbeck, who's a producer mm-hmm. here at The Ringer. He's a Warriors fan as well. We talk about, like, it's like, I'm ready to watch some new guys. Like, Steph Curry, I don't want going anywhere. He's still awesome. I think mm-hmm. that we just need some new guys, some new talent around him. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it happens soon. I mean, I think Steph Curry doesn't have what LeBron has. He has loyalty. I mean, if Steph mm-hmm. Curry had a little bit of LeBron, he would ship a lot of these guys out of there. And, but... Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, thanks for coming on. We, we really appreciate you, Austin. I mean, he's done great work with the Ringer for so long. We used to do the podcast together. I miss him. We always gave you... Uh, what, did, what did we do? We did the Thursday night game. Yeah, we did the Thursday night game. We had a handful of other pods as mm-hmm. well. Always like betting the, pre- the NFL preseason. I feel like we've made some good money in the past. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll have to do that again. This Almost here. definitely. Most definitely. This has been the Roster Diamond Show. Make sure you check us out. East Coast Bias FanDuel TV on Wednesday. You make sure you check out House and Warren Sharp on Friday. And also Ringer Wise Guys every Sunday. We only got two more episodes of Ringer Wise Guys. Um, so hopefully when you got some money. We went, I went 4-0 yesterday. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, let's go. So hopefully we bring in some more cash next week. I'm telling you guys, I might be on Lions Money Line next week. So Call me crazy, but that's where I'm I'm leaning right now. So that's been our show. We holla at y'all. Must be 21 and up in president select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona. 1-888-789-789. 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 
1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblinHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK in New York. 